Thanks for joining us today on the Centerpoint podcast coming from the Loft on Main in Danville, Kentucky. For more information, check us out at centerpointdanville.com. Things here is sort of pick a topic, and when we pick a topic, we sort of just camp out on that topic and, and just go all in on it and just sort of tell a story. And, but this one actually is called Storymaker. And so for the next couple of weeks, we're going to continue this story series, and it's just going to be really good. We're just starting to get started, and, and the cool thing about it is telling your story. And we all have a story to tell, and so, so for today... Today, I talked about earlier, but the, the big butts, you know, uh, a lot of us got some butts going on right now, and we need to shrink those butts, and so uh, I know I come up with those little one-liners, and there are some good one-liners in the Bible, you know, Jesus is the biggest butt of all, now that sounds kind of funny to say uh, coming from a pastor, but the truth of the matter is that he does, because when, when, when there's death, when there's, there's, there's crisis, and when there's all these other negative things, Jesus comes in and says, comma, but, you know, that's how he rose. He sets things new. And so for today, you are in a great place with your butt to set things new. All right? So that's where we're going to be today. We're, going to, we're just going to do some things. We're just going to trust God. We're going to trust God with our story. And it's going to, we're going to cause some tension. I'm just going to be up front. All right? I'm going to be up front with you. And you know, most pastors sort of scheme into it. I, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's, it's going to get, there going to be, there's going to be some tension moments here this morning. Okay? There's going to be some tension. But tension... Tension is good. You know why? When you go out and you work off those, you know, those gluteus maximuses, you know, when you start to work, that's tension, right? So we're going to get in shape this morning. We're going to get our heart conditioned to tell a story. And the truth is, we all love a good story, right? We, we all love a, a good story. Uh, oral traditions, you know, we talk about the ones that have been passed on, especially from grandma, papa, and great-great-grandma, you know, and maybe you're a person, you know, I know my dad and, and my mom are here, and, and I love them to death, but I've heard stories, you know, sometimes you begin to wonder, did dad really walk in the snow six different ways, uphill, downhill? I've seen the hills. I'm like, where's the other hills, you know? Uh, you just have to wonder, you know, and I believe, but you just have to wonder some days, and especially after the snow this, um, this past winter, you know, you got to believe that, you know, global warming, yeah, it came around. It's, it, it was back in the day, too. So we had some snow and he had to walk through to get to school. And so maybe you told a story or two. I was fishing on Friday, and I watched stories be told. I'm just being serious. There's a worship person up on the stage. I'm not saying names, but let's just say I caught a fish, and my fish was big. People saw me. Uh, hey, hey, somebody's already going to town this morning. He's Jesus in the room. But my fish was big, and people saw my fish. No one saw this other person's fish, so we tell stories. We, we tell stories, don't we? We tell stories. And, and even if, if we, we believe in the story or not, you know, we all have a story to tell. We all have a story to tell. And it's beautiful when we tell our story in Jesus because it's something that people don't like talking about. We, we, just, we just don't really talk about it very much. And so last week we dove into this idea. Uh, what we think is our story is only part of our story. What we think is, is my story is only a part of my story. Because a lot of us come in with regret. A lot of us come in with baggage. A lot of us come in with, with, with pain and hurts. And, and, and you're like, well, you know, I can't really do nothing about that. You know, this is the way I live. This is the way I rolled. You know, my dad did this to me. My mom, I grew up in this environment. Or this is what happened to me. And that's only a part of your story when Jesus redeems you. When he 
overwhelms you. We sang three songs in a row. I don't know if you caught it, but we talked about overwhelming us. Holy Spirit overwhelming, Jesus overwhelming, and how can it be? You overwhelm us. We sang three songs in a row. Today, I'm praying he overwhelms you with your story. And so we think what we think is our story is really only part of our story because when Jesus comes into our life, he radically changes the plot He radically changes the plot and begins a new chapter. He rewrites it with the story. He's the author and perfecter of our faith. He writes a story, a new story, and we get to usher in our name into the book of life story. It's a beautiful concept. It's a beautiful idea, and it's truth. It's wisdom. It's in the the word of God. And so this week and the past weeks when I get to meet with people and get to connect with people, you know, you ask them questions. And when you start asking questions, you, you know, you ask people about, you know, tell me a little bit about your story. You know, let me just hear some of your story. And, and, and a lot of pastors, I was even online with some persons this, this two weeks ago, and I just said, tell me your Jesus story. Tell me, tell me, and, and, and she was so kind, and she said, you know, most people don't ask that question. You know, that's what, I think center point's a little bit different, and, and that's, that's why we call ourselves church made simple, church made different, because we do ask some serious questions. We just want, we want to be Glorifying the one who glorifies. I mean, that's, that's it. We want to know your Jesus story. And, and that might be putting pressure on certain people, but I promise you, if you stick with this long enough, you might shave your head and start telling stories. <laughs> you might tell a story that's true about how Jesus saved you, a wretch like you. And so we really start going down the, the road of telling the, the essentials. You know, what's, I ask this, what's the essentials of your walk and and what's your essentials of your story? You know, what is, what is it that makes it up? And so you start asking questions, and I start asking questions, and, and, you, and you hear, you know, the essentials, and sometimes the essentials, we talk about heaven. You know, heaven's good. Heaven, yeah, we, we check that one off. And we go to morals. I'm a really good moral person. Mom and daddy, grandpa, John, or papa, Don, you know, Don, and mama, you know, they all taught us morals, and, and they all loved me. They all really appreciated me. They loved me. They showed me what love was, and it was unconditional love. And, and you, well, but what about the essentials of your story? Tell me a little bit more about your story and, and about how, you know, God has revealed. And you, grace, gra- oh, man, I was so, whoo, you should saw me in college days, man. I'm telling you what, grace saved me, you know, and you, you know, salvation, yeah, I got salvation, yeah, you know, and healing. Oh, man, man, I just, healing is huge. And, and so I'm just listening, you know, and then I'm like, is there anything else? Is, is there any, can you give me one more thing or just something that just, yeah, forgiveness, man. I am a forgiven person. Oh, man, that's a great song, too. You know, forgive. yeah, it's a great song. Anything else? You sure there's anything? <sighs> you know, I, I don't know. I, you just get to that point where they're just, I don't know. And you're sitting there just like, really? Is that, is that, I'm not, I don't want to beat you up this morning, but what about Jesus? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But isn't it assumed, right? No, I don't, I don't think so anymore. I, I, I don't think we, we, we need to get to the, to the assumption that Jesus is a central part of the story because we can fabricate stories. We can really, fa- and especially in Christian world, we speak this Christianese and we can fabricate stories. We really know how to do it because we've watched people. We do like they do. We, we, we go to church on Sundays because it's the right thing to do. You see a church around here with a steeple or something. Oh, we got to be in church on Sundays. Oh, that's where, that's where grandma is at. That's where my dad goes. And yeah, that's my story. Yeah, I, just, I know Jesus. You see, 
When Jesus is the really, he's the, the centerpiece of the story. He is he's the story maker. Jesus is the story maker. He sets all things new. He rewrites stories. He turns the complex into simple. He does things that you and I possibly could not even begin to fathom. Oh, he's got to be the central part of the story. He's supposed to be the center part of our story, but somewhere down the road, somewhere down the road, we forget to tell the story of Jesus, don't we? It's more about us. It's more about church. It's, it's more about the person who poured so much love into you, that one person that you love, that, that person taught you Sunday school. It just continued to show you love and showed you how to do things, brought you upright. We even keep, you know, for a lot of us, we keep the Christian T-shirts, and we got Christian T-shirts. Or I still have a WWJD bracelet from my, my youth group. You know, I wear my Promise Keepers ring, or you know, all these other cool things. And you know, I, we 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 do things. They're kind of silly, right? We wear them on on church. We wear them to church, but during the work week, man, we 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 dare not to wear that because we wouldn't want to cause conflict. We wouldn't want to cause conflict with the people that we hang out with because it might share a little bit about our story. Because simply put. We have a story in Jesus, but sometimes we just keep it to ourselves, don't we? See, I'm drawing tension right now. Either Jesus is or he is not your central piece of your story. It's just that simple. And today we're going to look at 1 Corinthians. And so if you have your Bible I just want you to just flip through it. It's in the New Testament. It's about halfway through it, 1 Corinthians. If you need a Bible, there's some Bibles in the back, back there below, below that red shirt. And we're going to dive into 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 here. We're going to look at that. But I want to tell you a story real quickly. And it, I want to see how it can relate. And I got this story because I started listening to some podcasts. And I was just like, wow, I didn't know that. Maybe you do. Maybe you're more smarter than me. And that's your story. I'll stick with it. I mean, some people are. But the Taj Mahal, anybody know what the Taj Mahal is? I mean, that, this is a picture of the Taj Mahal. It's one of the seventh wonders of the world. I mean, I think it's number 14 on the list, by the way, but who cares? Uh, it's one of those things where it's, it's an amazing feat of mar- uh, marvel. I mean, it's just beautiful. It, it is, simply put, it is beautiful. Uh, here's the idea behind the Taj Mahal. Uh, it, it, there's a prince in the 17th century, actually like 1622, you know, and, and his young wife, they were pregnant. And during the childbirth, she died. She died giving childbirth. Uh, the prince said, you know what? I, I want to do something for, for my wife, and I want to do something for my un, unborn child. And, and so he's like, tear everything down. Tear everything down in this little zone right here, and we're going to make this immaculate tomb. And so they started building. And they, like every time he, it started to build and then it started to get big, he said, let's go bigger. Let's make it bigger. And then he started tearing out things and they came up with this water reflection thing. And this is in the 1600s by y'all. I mean, this is pretty impressive. This is an amazing feat of, uh, of technology. And, and, it, and it just kept on getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And so they just started to build this thing. And the next thing you know, uh, one of the storylines, and this is, this is true. If you don't believe me, you can Google it and look at it. I, I had to go do it. And I was just making sure because I didn't want to, fabricate a story this morning but there's all kinds of stories but one of them is this that that after 12 years of building this bigger and bigger and bigger uh, Taj Mahal when it was all finished and done no one could find the woman's body no one could find it because sometime during the build out they lost focus on why they were building it 
and they just focused on the build. And someone, someone threw her body away out with the trash because it was decomposing. It was just an empty story. It's just an empty tomb. And see, some of them, there's this lead and gold vault. And some people, they won't even crack the tomb because they're afraid she's not even in there. I've read it over and over again, and everybody has that same line. They, they, they will never crack that vault because they don't know if she's in there or not. That's a pretty sad story. It's kind of a heartbreaking story. They lost so much focus, they decided to go all in on something that was huge, and they're developing a story. But the truth of the matter is they forgot why they were building in the first place. You see, that's kind of like our lives, right? As painful as that is to admit, it's kind of like our lives. We say we give our lives to Christ, but somewhere down the line it happens, doesn't it? Jesus gets removed from the central part of the story. The only thing we have is an empty story. Maybe it was during college. Maybe it was during college. Maybe it was when you got married. Took that job opportunity. Are you filling the blank? Whatever it is, it's true. Sometimes along the line, we, we just, we lose that story in Christ who sets us free. We start to just go down the road. And so today, I'm just going to ask a simple question. Which story do you tell? Which story do you tell? Do you tell the child story of Jesus? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Yeah, you know the song. I do too. We grew up with it in church. If you grew up in church. Jesus loves me. I didn't even know sign language. You know, I mean, you, you, you tell that story, right? You tell that story. Is that the story you tell? Or do you tell the story of life transformation? A story of transformation that sets you, has set you free. The one that describes your pain in your marriage. The pain in your marriage that almost caused a divorce. Your addiction to pills or that other thing. And how you just love to gossip. You're the queen of it or the, the, the king of it. Comma, but there was one who came into my life and he healed me from that. And his name was Jesus. And I no longer do those things because I've been radically changed. And that is my story. This morning, I want you to go all in on that. If you haven't gone all in on that type of life transformation story and you're hanging on to that kid's story, and I'm not taking nothing away from the kid's story, but if you haven't had that adult version of that adult conversation and that adult transformation, this morning I'm questioning you, pushing you in a box. I want you to understand which story do you tell. Have you ever heard of Christian testimony night at church? I mean... We don't do it around here much because we like to tell our story so much. But if you grew up in church, if you sit through one of these things, maybe you understand it. In church, in the church world, in a church, we do this sometimes, and not making fun of it, but they are long and they're painful stories, aren't they? Because we miss, we, we miss on the story sometimes. For example, what about the person who says, I really never had a story because I'm not that bad of a person? You know, we heard, we've heard that storyline before. Or what about the, the college years? And we say, oh, yeah, my, my college years, you know, I was developing my story. I was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was bringing my story to fruition, and now I got a story to share because I enjoyed one too many shares. I'm building my testimony. Or what about the one that's pretty bad? What about the one that's very bad? And it goes on and on and on and on and talks about all the persons and, and the people who helped them out, but they forget about Jesus. 
They never tell the story of Jesus. They tell about people. And sometimes we like to be those people, right? We like to be a part of the story because we help them out. We put that little sticker on and says, I, I am the story maker. We wear that badge proudly because we help them out. Have you ever noticed how kids tell stories? I have three children. One can sort of tell a story. The other one makes up stories. And then the last one, look out. I mean, it's just how it goes. They're cute. They're precious. They're funny. They tell stories and they really don't even know where they're, where, what they're going to talk about or how it's even complex in the story. Other than they have your attention, you know? They have your undivided attention. It's much like the fisherman story we'd heard earlier. It's, it's, it's a mix of, uh, you know, it's just one of those mix of, I've got your attention, I just want to tell you a story. And, I, and it was a big bird and it was a big fish. And it was just, it was really big. And it ate my boat. And the next thing I know, it capsized me and I was, and I was safe back on shore with my peanut butters, you know, my peanut butter Reese cups. And, and you're like, really? That's how the peanut butter got down the hallway? So that's how the bathroom got flooded today? You know, that's, you know, and you just listen to the story. You go into their, their, their concept, way too much detail and really no point at all. And they might even be a lie in there or two just to make it more impressive, right? You, you've, you've heard stories like this, right? If we look at the New Testament, they had stories. Uh, they had a lot of stories, but, but they were eyewitnesses stories. They were life-changing stories. They did not have this Bible. They did not have proper education. They didn't have buildings or structures, Sunday morning worship. They just had their stories of their lives. That's not the One Direction story. Stories of their lives. No, 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 no. You with me? All right, just checking because I know it's hot out there. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the story, the story maker. I'm talking about the story of life change that comes from the story changer, not an eraser. See, a lot of us like to erase it. No, 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 no. He wants that part in your story because he wants to be the story changer. And so when people look back in biblical times, would, would go out and tell their story. It was a story of change because the people knew that person before and they were just looking. There is no plausible explanation of why this person is now living this lifestyle except something radically has changed their life. They wanted to be a part of it. So people were listening. They were locked in. They were laser focused uh, because they wanted to know about the story changer of their life and how it could happen to them. They wanted to know how can it be that, that man right there is now living this type of life. They wanted to know because they knew the dirt on him. They knew the woman who, who was caught in adultery. They knew that she was getting ready to get stoned and Jesus steps in with a story and says, no, those without sin, you cast the first stone. And Jesus leans down and loves on this woman and says, hey, go and sin no more. Share your story. You're free. I love you, my daughter. And just like last week, we heard a story of a woman who reached out in faith when she wasn't even supposed to be there because the Mosaic law said, you can't be here. She reached out in faith, and instantly she was healed. She went and shared her story. See, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts, right after Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you get into the book of Acts, and, and there's, it's called the principle of 42s. If you really want to take a little challenge, go through, read all the Bible, read all the 316s and watch what happens. Just a little challenge today, a little small challenge. 
Go read all the 316s in your entire Bible. Watch what happens. It sort of directs a little small shot. Whether there's a 316, it directs a shot towards Christ. It's kind of cool. I did that in seminary days when I was really bored. So just letting you know, if you're bored of my sermon, take a 316 challenge, go for it. But there's something called a principle 42. The principle 42 is almost every time you read uh, uh, verse 42 in the, in the book of Acts, it says, you'll, you'll, you'll see this sort of develop except one time. It says, they shared, they shared in what God was doing in their midst. They shared. They shared everything. They shared. It was, a, it was not a technique that you can learn. It wasn't training a track, a Facebook message, a tweet. It was just about Jesus. You see, the power of our story comes from the one who has the power to change our story. The power of our story comes from the one who has the power to change our story, and it's Jesus. My story, your story, all of our stories. People are attracted to Jesus, not the essential things like grace, heaven, morals, rights, and wrongs. They just want to know more about Jesus, and we leave him out. We leave him out. We forget to tell him. So why don't people tell them about Jesus? If I wish to grab one of these microphones right here and plopped it down right here, can you tell me your story this morning? If we just started it right here and just said, tell me your story in one minute, can you tell me your story in Jesus? That would draw a lot of tension. Some of you would find a really good, quick way to the bathroom, or maybe you need something to drink. It's really hot up in here. And you know, you would find your way out really quickly because it's really... Uh, that's just kind of hard to talk about, man. It's just, uh, you, Jesus, right? Yeah, uh, it's just hard. Um, yeah, G, uh, Jesus is, uh, uh, he's the king of kings. And I love him. He loves me. That's your story. That's all you got. And I'm, I want you to hear, lean up. Here we go. Lean in just a little bit. Because I believe a lot of us have, a lot of us have stories to tell. And my guess is somewhere down the road, thrown out Jesus in our stories. You see, in Matthew chapter 7, it says this. Jesus says something pretty amazing. And, I, and he goes, I don't know your story. You, you'll praise me with your lips. You'll praise me with your hearts, your, your, your obedience and everything. But you really don't have a story with me. You, you, you don't have a story. You, you say, well, I did this and I served here. And I, and I, I, mean, I went and helped out the poor and I did love, love now. I mean, I helped out missionally, and I went across the world, Jesus, and that day, and then when it comes to time to stand before Jesus, he's going to say, thank you. Jesus is going to be like, fist bump, uh, but I hate to say it, I don't know you. I just, your name's not in here, and I, you know, you just, I don't know your story. You never did say, you, I'm your author and perfecter. You never did confess that. You haven't told that. You just sort of lived a great life. You lived a good life. But you didn't live a godly life. So I'm pressing you right now. I'm pushing you. It's one of those things where we, 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 we tell a story. And so I, I wanted to just to show you a quick example. And maybe some of you, uh, it gets into a point of, of telling a story. And you mean all business. And you bring out this briefcase. And you tell a, a quick story. And it's one of those things where... You sort of look and like that didn't make any sense whatsoever because it's substance. It's, you know, this is heavy. It's, it means business. And I'm here this morning just, just to get really into this business mode of life. And, and you, you went to share your story and, and it is a heavy bowling ball. You're wondering why do I care? Bowling balls in my briefcase. 
I don't know, but it's one of those moments where you sit there and look at your story and you start to tell your story and you're proud of your story and you live your story and, and the next thing you know, you get to that moment and, and you have a, a smaller bowling ball. And you just have that moment and you, just, you get smaller and smaller, your story gets smaller and smaller and you start to live and you're like, yeah, I got my big solid bowling ball and yeah, it's woo. You know, it's no longer a bowling ball, it's just sort of full of air. And then all of a sudden, somewhere along the line, it, you know, it gets to that point where it's kind of hard to pop and it, it just deflated. Like, wow, um, yeah, I got a story. Um, uh, yeah, um, um, yeah, I, uh, my story one time uh, uh, was a long time ago. I was real serious about Jesus and it was kind of solid at that moment. And I cast all the little things in the fire, the youth group, and we put a little, yeah, cast in the fire and leave my story there. And uh, I got a really good story. What we find out is, there was really no substance to my story. It was just a little quick moment in life that just full of hot air. It's just kind of fabricated. I sort of made it up. There was no trust into Jesus Christ who gives you strength. There's nothing solid when we, we really wanted it to be like this. Something strong, something solid. If I threw this at him, he would really flinch. Versus if I throw hot air, he's just going to laugh at me. This would cause impact. That balloon won't, will it? See, a lot of us need a strong story. And you have the ability to share your story. The question is, will you read it? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 says this. This is brothers. This is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he has the power to tell a story because he is one who had life change. He's one who had some serious life. He, he killed Christians, if you didn't know it. He hated people that were following Jesus. But he came to know Jesus, and it's, it's the story of his life. And from that point, he gave everything he had to the story maker until his death, too. It says, this is how he phrases this, brothers, think, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise. Now, he's cutting on us right here, man, and he's just slamming us pretty hard. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you had noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to, to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not, to nullify the things that are. See, there's some, some deepness there. See, you and I, are, we're not perfect. Or you and I, are, honestly, we're probably not too wise. And God still chose us. He loved us unconditionally. He wants to, you to share your story because there's a lot of people out there that think they know what they're talking about, but they really don't. They're out there just... Moving their lips. In verse 29 says, so that no one may boast before him. So that no one may boast before him. It is, it is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let he, him who boasts in the Lord. You know, it's one of those moments when we can sit here and look at this and we're set free from a couple of words, right? And we go back to this little crate right here, and these 
these two little words. You know, a lot of us, we, we get into this moment and we, we talk about, we talk about, you know, this, this word, especially in church, and it's the only place we, we, we talk about this word, and, and it's this word right here. It's a pretty heavy word. If I started to ask you about your word, especially in your story, it's so heavy, you just don't really want to talk about it. It's like that bowling ball. It's pretty heavy. And the truth is, we, we do this quite often. You know, the only place we talk about it is here in the church and, and in church, not in school. You don't really talk about the school, you know, uh, teacher, you know, teacher, I, I made a sin today on that, that my book. I didn't read it. The dog ate my homework. You know, I made a sin. And, or maybe you got pulled over this morning coming to church and you're like, officer, I sinned and I apologize. He's like, well, here's your sin ticket. I'm sorry. You know, you're free. Go on. Love you. God bless you. You're going to the law. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we, we talk, those are really big words we don't use everywhere, right? Sin. We just, we, we, we sort of replace it with a word, right? Sin is so heavy in our story and we're afraid what other people will think of our story. So we like to change the word. We like to flip the word around and we, we say this word a lot. We sort of just, we put this word so far in front of this one, we just say, oh, it was just a mistake. We just say, oh, yeah, it was, it was one of those moments in my Christian walk, I just made a mistake. We just, we say that so often, don't we? We like to say this word versus this word because this word is so much easier. It's so much less painful. It's so much Mary Poppinish. I mean, it's just the word, Right? Versus this, Mary Poppin come out saying, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. I mean, whoa, a spoonful of sugar for you. I mean, it's just one of those moments, right? But yeah, we like to use this one versus this one. And that's, that's not good. You see, this is the truth. We plan our sins and we make our mistakes. We go out and plan our sins, but we make mistakes. That is the truth. You see, our sins, we stash our sins, all right? You with me? Lean in with me, just a couple more minutes here. We stash our sins, maybe the herbal kind. We roll them too. Maybe, maybe the stash is on our computer. No one will ever find that, that doc. Mom and dad don't know how to look in the history box. We stash them away and we hide them in that little dark secret. Maybe a file somewhere. Maybe... Maybe no one, no one know, know about this sin because I'm away right now on a, on a business trip and no one know about that, that, that night out, that girl, that guy, that adultery that's taking place, that sin. No one know about this little simple law that I'm about to break, you know, but, but mistakes happen. Mistakes happen. The truth is that the sin breaks our relationship with God. Mistakes Mistakes happen every day. Mistakes happen every single day, and, and everyone does it, and we learn from it, and we move on, but a sin is something we camp out that just eats away at every relationship which, which we have here on earth, and it's the, the decay that eats away at our story. It's the decay that eats away at our story of change. It eats away at our story of life. Have you ever heard a, a, a confession of someone who, who was caught, maybe a, pol- a politician, maybe somebody of, uh, of worth, maybe a child or something, you know, they, they say this word, what do they say? I'm sorry. What are they sorry about? They got caught, right? 
They're sorry they got caught because it's a real, real moment at that time. They're not, they're not sorry about the sin. They're sorry that they got caught. But those who do get caught and they really just repent, just like Paul says, repent. John the Baptist, his whole message was summed up in one word, repent, repent, repent. And when you go all in on that side of the story, look out, Jesus redeems you, he overwhelms you, and he brings a story to life. And you can camp out on it. You can see, you can witness change in that person's life. Because it's the key moment of a story maker. And it's the key moment of a part of your life that, that now can start to impact others. Yeah, there was, there was a marriage that was ready to fall apart and they came clean. They said, you know what, this was what was going on. Well, that just impacted this couple over here. And the next thing you know, this teenager confesses that I have a whole stash of porn and, and, I, and I'm hooked on this right here pill and this right here. And he comes clean and said, I need Jesus. And, and this person over here starts to, you know what, I need Jesus too. And I don't really know why I'm crying, but I'm telling you what, I love him to death and I need Jesus. If he needs Jesus, we all need Jesus. Dominoes. But you push one down and it's about Jesus. Look out. It's so much, it's so cool to watch a whole big, huge arena full of dominoes. It's just really impressive. But if there's only one or two, it's just like, yeah. It's more about me. I, I changed my life. It's me. I can affect one other person, but man, when you let your story of Jesus change, it changes everything. It changes everything. So let's keep going right here in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, When I come to you, brothers, I did not come with elegance or super wisdom, superior wisdom, as I proclaim to you the testimony about God. And he's speaking straight to me. Here, he's not talking to you this morning, he's talking to me. This is so my story. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with elegance, superior wisdom. As I proclaim to you the testimony about God. And I can tell you that is my story. Even a couple years ago, I'm still learning. Sometimes I make up words and I'm just, because it just sounds better-ish. But I'm doing my best because I'm just, I'm telling you about the story of Jesus, how he transformed my life. And for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in verse three. I came to you. I love this. I came to you in weakness. This is our story. I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. Verse four says, my message and my preaching were not with the wise and the persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place. He's not talking about a physical building. He's talking about your heart. Come flood this place so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but in what? On God's power. See, I don't know where your story is this morning. I don't know where your story is. But in John 3.16, we know that verse, right? Especially those who've been to a ball game or NFL, baseball, you know that word, it's out there. But you know the meaning behind the story. For those in church, we can. 
For God so loved the world that he what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have what? Eternal life. You know that story, but do you know 317? You see, it's the kicker of the story. It's the beautiful side of the story. It's those who believe. It's those who say, yeah, I got this. I'm in. I come with my fear. I come with my trembling. I come with everything who I am, and I trust the Holy Spirit this morning with the story. In verse 17, it says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. See, what's your adult version of your story? What's your adult version of the story in Christ? How he has saved you from your story of regret, pain, lies, lust. You fill it in. Your hidden sin that you got in your closet. Your story of not a mistake. Your story of sin. Here it is, the bottom line this morning. We will tell a story, but which one will you tell? The one about how you changed because of good things or the one about how Jesus changed your story? You see, what you think is your story is only a part of your story. It's not your story. It's a part of it. But we just have to surrender Surrender everything over to Jesus today and trust and obey. For there's no other way but to be happy in Jesus. And there's a key verse in there. There's a key word, and it says this. It says, all to Jesus I surrender. You see, all to Jesus I surrender. This morning is the beginning, is the beginning of your story. And so I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what type of pain you're in. I don't know what type of moment you're here. Maybe you're just uncomfortable. Maybe there's a lot of tension. Maybe you just, you had a five-year-old version of a storyline. You were drugged to church. But you really haven't had much of a storyline since then. You went through a divorce. You went through just some college years that you sort of regret. Maybe it's much of a blur. But you never really camped out on the idea of, I don't have a story. You never have camped out on the idea of, Jesus, I just want to surrender all that I am so I can begin a new chapter of life, so I can go all in. Not the five-year-old version, not the one that just now is full of air. It's kind of light, and it just sort of dissipates, and it just pops when the pressure is put on it because it doesn't really add up. When you squeeze tight, when someone else punches back, it pops, it deflates. But we want the bowling ball approach. We want the one that's got substance. We want one that's got story after story of Jesus' amazing, overwhelming love because you chose to surrender everything over to him. Will Jesus be the story of your life this morning? Will he be the central part of your story from here on out? That's the question. That's it.